We actually are in this short three-week series I started last week. Where we're focusing, it's called Dangerous Prayers. And we're focusing on short little prayers that sometimes don't feel too complex. But when we start digging into them, we realize that they are dangerous to pray if we actually understand what's behind them. And last week we focused on the prayer in Acts 4 with Peter and John who were experiencing some troubles that were coming their way and their prayer was, Lord, make me bold. Make us bold. And I know that that particular prayer that we focused on last week, that stirred up some stuff for some of you. And uh, as I said last week, boldness is, in this sense, is not really about anything to do with your personality or personality trait, but it's something that when you pray for boldness, when it comes to your faith and living out your call to follow Jesus, boldness is a gift from the Holy Spirit that can lead you into things that you never thought were possible, lead you to do or say or be things that aren't possible on your own or under your own strength or power. So boldness is one of those uh, it's an amazing thing to pray for. It's also extremely dangerous because when you pray for Lord, Lord, make me bold, and he says something, then you got to follow through on it. And that can be scary. Today we're going to look at another dangerous prayer from the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. That is earlier in the Old Testament, right after the short little book of Ruth. And this is a time where... God's people are they're kind of in an up-and-down state. Some people are following God pretty closely, others not so much. The story that we're going to look at today goes like this. There was a priest named Eli, and Eli had two sons, and those two sons were wicked. In fact, the Bible uses the word, they were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. In fact, not only were they stealing offerings that people were giving to the Lord, people were sacrificing animals, and they were stealing the best of what was given for themselves, they were also committing grave sins. There were people that were coming to the tent of meeting, the place where people gathered to worship, and there were women that came there to serve God. And these two guys decided we're going to sleep with a whole bunch of them. So not only were they doing that, but they were, their dad, Eli, knew about this. Or he was made aware of this. And he didn't do anything about it. So what does God decide to do? God decides to pronounce judgment upon this family. And instead, raise up someone who will honor his name. Because God views it as sinning against himself in this instance. And so in this story enters a boy named Samuel. And the boy in this story is perhaps 11 or 12 years old. So imagine, uh, what's 11 or 12? Like fourth, fifth grade, something like that. So imagine a fourth or fifth grade boy who is actually serving God under Eli. So Eli is like his boss. And this is where the story gets interesting. 
Chapter 3 of 1 Samuel says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other words, God was being a little more silent than normal. Maybe for a variety of reasons. Maybe it was because of the ongoing sin that was, that was happening. It could have been for a whole host of reasons. It says, regardless, the word of the Lord was rare. One night, however, the Lord did speak to the young boy while he was asleep, and a voice said, Samuel, Samuel. And the little boy woke up, and he was surprised. And he thought it was Eli the priest that was calling to him, that he needed something, that maybe they, maybe they needed to clean up the, the place for the next worship service. I don't know. And he said, who is that? And he runs into the priest's room and he said, did you call me? Did you say my name? And the priest Eli was confused. He said, no, I didn't say your name. Go right to bed. And then it happened a second time. The Lord spoke again saying, Samuel. And he woke up startled and again he ran into the priest's room and he said, did you call me? And the priest said, no, now go back to bed. Imagine being woken up a couple times in the middle of the night. Nobody likes that. It's no different here. And then a third time, the voice of the Lord said, Samuel. And again, he ran back into the priest's room and said, Here I am. You called me. Eli finally realized that it was the Lord calling to the boy. And this was unusual because the word of the Lord was rare in that day. So he told Samuel to go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Verse 10 says what happened next. The Lord came and stood there. That fact alone should, should terrify us. That the presence of the Lord came and stood there before him. Calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then the young boy spoke that dangerous prayer. Speak, for your servant is listening. In other words, we would say, Lord, speak to me. We don't think that this is a very dangerous prayer at first until we start digging into it a little bit more. I like the fact that regardless of your age, prayers of faith are always effective. It's amazing that God spoke audibly to Samuel in this moment. But like last week with Make Us Bold, what Samuel heard from the Lord was not easy to hear. What did God say once Samuel was listening? This is what he said, verse 11. The Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. 
Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that's what the Lord said. That's the message that this little boy was called to deliver. When we consider the times that God speaks in the Bible alone, let alone how he speaks today, when he gives someone a task to do, very rarely is it easy for them to do it on their own. Consider Noah. God says, Noah, guess what? I've got this thing that I want you to build. It's called an ark. It's a little bit bigger than a football field. Don't worry, you can do it. And then I want you to gather all the animals. And then I want you to survive while the whole earth is flooded. And I know you're not a cat person, so you can leave those off. <laughs> and then I want you to repopulate the earth with just your family. You got this? And Noah's like, yeah, no problem, I got this. Or Jonah. Jonah, I want you to go to the most violent, evil people that are in this area, and I want you to pronounce judgment upon them. You got this? What did Jonah say? Oh yeah, no problem, I got this, Lord. No, he did the exact opposite. Or what about when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, a teenage girl, saying, guess what? You're about to have a baby. Even though you're unmarried and you're a virgin, you're going to give birth to a son, and by the way, he is the son of God. You got this? When God spoke in certain ways, especially when it was for a word or a task that he had for someone, it rarely is easy. It always stretched the person, and it always challenged their faith. And it was not always easy to hear. There's a reason that people would be scared to be in the presence of God. They thought that they would die, and sometimes they did. So when we pray, Lord, speak to me, and God actually does, be aware that sometimes his response is not what you want to hear. This is not Willy Wonka, where everything is sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes God speaks a word of comfort, and other times he speaks a hard word. As you learn to depend on the Lord, though, I do promise, and I know, that your faith will grow. When your faith is stretched and tested, that's when it grows, making you more resilient for today and in the days to come. Just like last week, only pray, Lord, speak to me, if you are open to listen to what God will say to you. Samuel, this young boy, for whatever reason, did this. He was encouraged to do this by his boss, his mentor, Eli, the very one whom God was pronouncing judgment against. But Samuel, I think, shows us a simple yet deeper truth here, a reminder that prayer is about a conversation 
it's not just about us talking to or at God, although we do that. Sometimes when we pray, we simply need to close our mouths. In fact, I think that God actually can accomplish quite a bit more if we were quieter. See, we like to think that we have a whole list like an Amazon wish list or a letter to Santa. God, these are my wishes. These are my demands. These are my ideas. I have some ideas about how you can be more efficient, God. And God is like, you do really. Hmm, wow, you must be so great. I guess you got this. God communicates a lot when we simply stop talking. I know it's ironic, that's hard for me to say, as I'm talking a lot of here. If you want God to speak to you and hear his voice more clearly, then I know that we need to practice being better listeners and receivers. Here are just a couple of thoughts that I hope will help us to be in a better posture in order to hear and listen and respond to the voice of God in our life. Three simple thoughts. The first is this, learn to be still. Be still. As I was talking with Rebecca last night, be still doesn't mean be immobile. We need some context for how we are to be still because being still goes against most of our modern cultural practices and instincts, things that you might have grown up with, you know, work hard, have a good work ethic, do more, be more, 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 more. When we practice being still before God, what we're actually doing is we are deliberately working to turn down the noise, the static in our life. This speaker up here has three settings, and we discovered that when we have it on the max power mode, there's, a, there's more of a hiss that comes out of it, but when we switch it to eco power mode, it's suddenly a lot quieter. I don't even know if you can hear that. When we're being still before the Lord, we are working to turn down the noise. One reason I think we struggle to hear the voice of God is that our pace in life is too relentless. Our life is too noisy, and guess what? The world is shouting right back. But when we stop to be still and take a breath, we are actually able to rest in the presence of God. We actually can be still and enjoy the presence of God. We don't have to be terrified that we're going to die. Psalm 46 reminds us of how we can experience God's presence. It says, be still, and what? Know that I am God. It doesn't say, be more frantic and know that I am God. Fill up your days and be busier and you will know that I am God. Keep running and you will know that I am God with your leftovers. So the question for us is, when's the last time you took time to be still? As I said before, being still is not about stopping your whole life, although that can be helpful at times. 
We can be still anytime we purposely work to slow down. If you think about the last time that you worked out or read a book, practiced a hobby, or spent an hour doing something that you enjoy, then you can practice being still before the Lord, even in those moments. Sometimes the times that I feel like I am being the stillest, if that's even a word, is when I'm out walking. When we practice being still, we actually come to know God better, as Psalm 46 says. We enjoy being in His presence, and when we enjoy being in His presence, we are better able to not just know the voice of God, but to hear it. Be still. Number two, when we hear the voice of God, the second thing is to be willing. Be willing. Be willing to receive whatever it is that God is speaking to you. Whether that is a word of comfort or a word of challenge. Sometimes in prayer we are in the presence of God with a list of our needs and wants. Like I said before, ideas about how God could do things a little bit better. What if instead of going to God with a list of demands like we're holding hostages... What if we simply came before his presence with a blank sheet or open hands? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God, what do you want to say to me? God, what do you want to show me? In that moment when you cry out to the Lord, you hear God speaking, what is he placing on your heart? If you have the courage to pray this prayer, I don't know what God will say to you. I have no idea. Maybe it'll be a word or a name. Maybe it'll be a sense in your spirit. I just sense that I'm supposed to do this or go there or talk to this person or stop doing something. Maybe it's a sense about a relationship that you have or God speaking a word about giving you a name for someone to encourage or bless. Or maybe God speaks to you about using your gifts to serve him in a new or different way. Or maybe God is speaking a hard word of correction to you or even calling you to speak a hard word to someone else in love, which is always the rub yes. and hard. Yes. We have to learn to be still we have to be willing to receive what God delivers. And third, and this is probably the most important one, be ready. It's important because when God speaks, be ready to act. We can be still and we can be willing, but if we're not ready, then we shouldn't be surprised when it seems like God is silent. I think that sometimes God is silent because he's waiting. He's waiting for us to actually follow through on what he's already said to us before. Like, hello, do you remember what I, the word I spoke to you last year or last week? How's that coming? I'll wait till you finish that one up before I give you a fresh word. See, we always like a fresh word, a fresh feeling, something new. But sometimes we have things that are undone from before. 
be ready to act in what the Lord says. This, my sisters and brothers, is not easy at all. Especially when God speaks something that's going to challenge you in a very profound way. Consider the young boy Samuel. Eli is technically his boss, someone he's looked up to. As a young boy, he, he may not even have been aware of all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. So of course he's afraid to communicate what God has just spoken to him. Samuel, I want you to go tell your boss he's done for. Not an easy message. Very difficult. We have to remember that God doesn't generally give tasks that are easy breezy to fulfill. If he gave, I know, I had this, I had the same exact feeling. Oh, why is that? If he gave me Steve-sized tasks, or he gave you Stacy-sized tasks, or fill-in-your-name-sized tasks, yes, it would be easier, so we think. It would be far too easy to rely on our own strength and power. Easy to believe, wow, look how great I am. I'm the man. Look how good I am. I'm the woman. Instead, we often hear a God-sized word. Because he knows that the only way for us to obey is to realize that we cannot do it on our own strength Amen. or power. You will need to rely on the strength, the power, the courage, the wisdom, and the gifts that God gives to you through the activating power of his Holy Spirit. If you are going to be able to follow through and act on what he has said to you, be still, be willing, and be ready when you pray and God speaks. Here's the bottom line, the more you listen for God's voice, the better you are able to know it. The more you recognize it. As Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If you've ever seen sheep and a shepherd, shepherds don't always talk, but sometimes they use a little device or even a whistle. And they know and they come running. The Bible says that the in verse 21, that the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. That's where the tent of meeting, where they worshipped. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Now this only happened after he had delivered the hard word to Eli. When he had done what God had spoken to him. And then it says Samuel actually grew up in the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him. If you think about how God has spoken to you, you might have heard him speak audibly. I know that some people have, like Samuel. Or he's probably spoken in a lot of other different ways, including his word, as he says here. His word, which is living and active. If it's been a while since you've heard from the Lord, that would be my first place to start. Get in the word, because the Lord speaks through his word. God can speak through people. We know this to be very true. A friend, a family member, someone that you work with or spend a lot of time with. Sometimes even there will be a stranger that comes into your life and says something that just shocks you. 
or shocks you into action. God can speak through a message or a conversation that you overhear, a song or even a poem or story that you read. God can speak to you through your children. And children, God can speak to you through your parents. I know, I to do both. God can speak through the circumstances of your life. Suddenly there seems to be no way forward, and then what happens? A door unexpectedly opens, and you're like, there is no way. It must have been the Lord. And sometimes the door closes, and there are some of us here this morning that should be thankful that certain doors close in our lives. Because if we had walked through them, who knows where we would be today. I know that to be true for me. I would not be alive if I had walked through a couple of doors. And of course, God speaks through His Spirit. His Spirit speaking to your spirit, prompting you in new ways. You won't always be able to explain it. Sometimes you get that sense. You feel led to do something. Or to say something. Or to make a change. Last week our prayer was, make me bold. Make us bold. This week I challenge us to have the courage, the faith, to pray, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. Interrupt my plans and my will. Interrupt my desire to control things. Give me faith strong enough to follow what you say. Don't ask God to speak if you aren't ready to hear what he has to say. I know that sounds a little bit weird to say don't pray. It's, it's not don't pray, it's don't pray this prayer if you're not ready to hear what God has to say. Of course it's a dangerous prayer. But what is more dangerous in the end is not praying this prayer. Because when you do, God will stretch you. And yes, you may feel unsettled or uncomfortable, but you'll also find that your faith will grow stronger, making you more resilient, as I said before, for this world and the world to come. Proverbs 3 declares this, In all your ways, submit to him. I like that transition better. Submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. I want a straight path. I urge you today, my friends, don't miss out on what the God who created and loves you wants to say to you and accomplish in and through you. One thing is for certain, it will always be an amazing journey. And you'll never have to do it alone. You always have his presence and you have one another. Let me pray for us this morning. God, we are here. And if we're uncomfortable, thank you. Help us to be in a posture ready to listen. We humbly pray this morning, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Father, in this upcoming week, we pray that you would speak into our hearts through your word. 
through the people that we encounter, even the ones that you bring into our lives, that you would speak through the circumstances of our daily life, and please speak through your Holy Spirit. Reveal to us, guide us, correct us, grow us. Help us to be more purposeful in our time with you, to listen more than talk. And we trust as we pray this, O oh God, that you will move in a mighty way, revealing your will to us and helping us to know how you are at work and where we can join you in this. We thank you for the kindness and the love that you show. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Church, I also put on the bottom or the back of your bulletin a couple of uh, questions. Remember, these questions are never meant to be conversation closers. They're meant to be conversation starters. So they might hopefully prompt some interesting discussions. Maybe you want to have a conversation with someone after the service about this. How has God typically spoken to you? What might God be saying to you in this season? How might God be encouraging you to act in this season? And now receive this benediction. May God speak to you. May you have the courage and the boldness to receive what he says and to move forward. Go now in peace to love and serve God now and forever.